Bit Podcast. So, welcome to the Big Man Beard Podcast. We're here with the wonderful Lucy. Hello. And we're absolutely delighted to have Rob Dennison from Romeo Delta Media. How are you doing, Rob? I am absolutely amazing. Thank you so, so much for inviting me on. It's not a problem. So, no long preamble. We go straight into it. So, if you can... uh, explain who you are and what you're up to absolutely well thank you very much as i say i mean it's a real pleasure to come on i've followed your podcast for a while so this is a real special treat for me um so my name is rob dennison and i run a social media company called romeo delta media and we do two things we look after people's psychology so that they want to get on social media and they want to use it in the right kind of way and we also develop and showcase business to people so i'm like the the window dresser um, of social media so I make people stand out and make people look good on social media and um, yeah and that's that's a bit of a synopsis of what I do now but I'm also a military veteran from the special forces um, and I've served all over the, the world and I've had many many various activities that I've done around the world and I've just lived a very full life and I'm a very privileged man and um, so I'm hoping to share with that some of those stories with you today. Amazing. Superb so military veteran so what did you do coming through the military and then into civilian life? How did you find that? Oh, so here's the wobble part of my life. Um, <laughs> so my military career was fantastic. I was very, very lucky. Um, I had an incredible career. Um, and I, I did very so many different things from being a principal's driver, so looking after some really important people and being their chauffeur and looking after them, to working with the special forces, as I say, and going on operations around the world with those guys. And th- and that's not all just, you know, gunfighting. There's a lots of hearts and minds that you do. So you meet people you wouldn't normally meet. You go to countries you wouldn't normally go to. And you do some really, really positive building. So you build schools and set up um, infrastructure and all that good stuff. And and basically, I came out to chase the dream. Um, I got a little bit injured, um, or is what it is, and I, I got out to be a professional fighter. So I was really keen on the idea of mixed martial arts, and I'd fought martial arts for many, many years, and I followed the dream. So I was going, right, okay, I'm now at the prime of my life where physically I'm never going to get any better than I am right now. There's this career that I can chase in martial arts. Um, so I, I came out of the military... And um, I went off to Thailand um, to study Muay Thai, which was great. And I, I spent quite a long, fair few months out there studying Muay Thai. Um, and kind of, it was, it was this amazing part of my life where I then thought, wow, oh, you know, this travelling's really good. So I started to amalgamate that into travelling. So I was studying martial arts and travelling. And then eventually I thought, you know what, I need to go home. Um, and it was, it was at that point when I came home that there was this career transition that I hadn't really faced, that really hit me like um, a, a sledgehammer to the chest, that I didn't, I, I didn't realise that I'd lost all of my friends. And because I was so busy doing my own thing, I'd kind of got a bit, uh, got a bit lone wolf, if you want to say it that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and when I got back, um, I thought, crikey, I don't, I don't really know what I'm going to do myself now because the, the the dream that I'd had to follow this martial arts career was a little bit more difficult than I thought it would be, um, and I thought it would. I thought the grass was greener, if I'm honest as well. So I thought I could get out, and if worst case scenario, I could get a really good job. 
you know, I was ex-military, so I'm invincible. Um, and it wasn't the case, to be honest with you. It really wasn't the case. I was um, really struggling to find a decent job. I was, yeah, I was kind of lost. And it was weird. I was around at a friend's house, and uh, a couple of lads who I used to serve with said, oh, Rob, come out and have a drink with us. You know, we heard you back in the country. It'd be really good to catch up. Excellent. Headed out into town. Um, I went down to stay with them for the weekend. I got a hotel. Went out in town. And we were drinking, and it just, it, it was amazing. It was so good to be back with my with the guys who, previously I was their senior, but they were now, you know, they were on the equivalent level of where I left. Um, and something just felt off. It was very strange. It was like there was a, a point to it that I couldn't really get my head round. There were, these guys were all talking, but there were bits of the conversation that I wasn't, allowed to be privy to and it just didn't make sense in my head um, and then I realised that they were talking about operational stuff that obviously now I'm a civilian I wasn't allowed to know about and it wasn't their fault you know they weren't doing it to spite me or anything it was just that's the topic of conversation you know they lived that life so they were just talking about it all the time and um, yeah I got progressively quite drunk and then there came a point when I thought, you know what, I, I just, this isn't the right environment for me. The, my, my mental health wasn't great at the time, and I was a bit curious about, you know, if this would be the thing that would solve it. And it had proven not to be because I wasn't part of the clique anymore. I wasn't part of the team. This wasn't the team that I'd left. So I, um, I, I made my excuses, and as I left, I remember turning around and seeing the guys, and they were all back huddling, laughing and joking, and, you know, it was a bit disheartening because I was kind of like ah oh, you guys invited me out I don't blame them in any way shape or form because these guys had had a hard couple of weeks work and they were celebrating and it was great and but I knew that I'd become an outsider to this organization that I'd you know fought for been a part of been a part of this you know for quite some years and and now I was an outsider and and I went via a um I think it was called Threshers. Is it a Threshers? Yeah. The, yes. the alcohol store? And I, <laughs> it I, I picked was up indeed. A, yeah, the, um, I picked up a bottle of vodka and I thought, Do you know what, I'm just going to go back to my hotel, have a, have a drink and just end the night there and just, you know, whatever, I go to sleep. Um, but I decided to go on a bit of a, an old w walking route that I used to do when I was, I was down that way because it was near where, um, where I was based. And I came up on this bridge and I kind of thought... The, all these crazy thoughts start going through my head. I'm not, I'm not part of the clique anymore. I'm not part of this unity anymore. I'm not part of the brother. So what's my purpose in life? And because I was kind of lost anyway, and it was magnified massively by the alcohol, um, I decided that actually this wasn't the time for me to be on this planet anymore and that I should consider taking my own life. So I sat on this bridge anyway. And as I sat on this bridge and I, and I was you know, physically sobbing because I was so, you know, upset about this whole scenario about completely being lost. And <laughs> I laugh about this now because it is funny, <laughs> but because I was so drunk, I fell backwards and I literally just fell back into where I'd climbed up on, into a, into a grass verge. Um, and rather than jump off the bridge onto a dual carriageway, I fell back and, and just sat there, like looking at the stars going, what the dickens was that about? Right, okay, um, that's obviously not the right answer. And it was this clear-cut moment. I remember this like it was yesterday. And I kind of thought, right, there's obviously bigger plans from here. There's something going on that I'm not aware of that I'm not meant to do this. I'm not meant to take this action. And, but that point there, that was a recognition point of me going, 
you know what, actually, I could have, I could have quite easily fallen the wrong way here and that would have been it, end of, you know, end game. That's my, you know, my final game. But here I was looking up at the stars going, probably shouldn't drink so much, was my first thought. Um, and my second thought was that there's obviously a bigger plan for me here. There's something else that I need to get involved with. I, I didn't know what it was, had no idea. Um, but I just knew there was, you know, this wasn't the right thing to do. And, and they say that there's lots of people who try to end their lives, but they get this remorsefulness and they go, oh, crikey, I, wouldn't, I wish I wouldn't do that. And for me, that genuinely is the truth that, I don't know, it was, as I say, it was magnified by the alcohol, but all these different thoughts and feelings at the time. Anyway, I, I finally made my way back to the hotel and I woke up the next morning and believe it or not, I had no hangover. And I was... I was sure I was going to have a hell of a hangover because I'd, I'd polished quite a lot of alcohol, I'm not going to lie. But I woke up in the morning with this new sense of purpose and it was just incredible. And that was the transition for me. That was the military transition from coming out, from being in the military, from being something to being this person now that was a civilian was all compounded into this one night where most people who come out in the military get a period of time to sort of adjust and they don't instantly move out of the military, whereas mine was very cutthroat. It's kind of, I, you know, I sort of said, I'm out, and that was me gone. You know, I was off around the world doing my own thing. Most people, like, period, do that over a period of a year, and they gradually build up their civilian skills, and they gradually sort of de-acclimatise acclimatize themselves to the situation they're going into. And they have people around them all the time. So it was really kind of a... But it was really good for me as well. I, I say it as like it was a bad thing, but it was a really good thing for me because it made me realise quite quickly that I should be here and that there is a purpose for me and, and I should be going on this path. Um, yeah, so my transition was quite a strange one and it happened over one night, but I feel like it's quite a, an important story to start the, uh, to start the podcast off with. I, I feel um, I, I needed to share that. It was a, a very important part of who I am now from where I've come from, if that makes sense. Wow, incredible. So, I was fortunate and a joint friend of ours in Wayne, Mm. I went to a veteran's breakfast Mm. that he'd put together and we had other veterans there who had come out of um, service. Yeah. Going through similar things about how to acclimatise to civilian life. And what I found was is there's... No real signposting to where to find the help to do that activity, to yeah. acclimatise. Mm. What, for someone like myself who's not been in the military, what, what, what is it you need to acclimatise to? So, <sighs> boredom is one of the things that people don't talk about and it's not something that anybody ever talks about because if you think about being in the military you're always doing something you're always got people around you to do stuff with so it doesn't matter if it's a weekend you know you can go and knock on somebody's room door or there's always somebody that you've organized something with but then that stops and then there's also the other side of it being that you've got friends who are so your friends as a civilian you know i'm a civilian i'm not you know i'm ex-military and i've served that that side of life but now i'm a civilian and my friends as a civilian are much different to the the friends I had when I was in the military because my friends as a civilian, and I don't mean this in any way to undermine my friends as a civilian because I've got great, great friends and I'm such a lucky guy, but the friends I had in the military were people that I had to put my life in the line and they were the people who 
I trusted implicitly. I, I lived with, I breathed with, I did everything with day in, day out. You know, from showering to eating to drinking to ev everything is done as, as part of a unit. And then all of a sudden, you're not that part of that unit anymore. You're a single item. You're a single person. You're a single entity. And you don't have that. So you, you start to lose things like being able to talk about your issues. Because a lot of the time, if you have an issue, you've been through it as, as a team. Whereas now, you, as a civilian, you don't have that issue. You, know, you don't have that ability to talk to each other as a team. You, you, you lose that. And you become, you become bored because... And, and it's why a lot of people turn to drugs and alcohol that have left the service, because a lot of what you do is, is pretty, I don't know, adrenaline fueled, dopamine fueled excitement, you know, like hanging out the side of a helicopter or driving at silly speeds or shooting rifles or blowing stuff up and, you know, going on extreme exercises where you're running for miles and your fitness has to be on point and... You go, as I say, you go all over the world in the back of helicopters and aeroplanes and jump out of them and then you go abseiling and rock climbing and, you know, you have all the fun stuff all the time and then that just full stops. That's it, done. So the adrenaline's missing and it's an addiction. Mm. So people replace addiction with another addiction, right? So quite often smokers that quit, they can put on a lot of weight because they replace the addiction with food or... Um, drinkers can move to like eating or chewing gum for smokers and there's becomes you replace an addiction with an addiction and when you leave the military you're leaving an addiction because it gets bred into you that you have to be like that you, you don't want to be the weak person you don't want to be the person who's not up for the challenge you don't want to be the person who doesn't go across the aerial runway and you you feel invincible you feel invincible when you're in the military you feel like there's nothing that can stop you but then when that transition happens and the full stop happens, you become this person who is vulnerable. And actually, now I realise how important it is to be vulnerable and how important it is to be the person that goes, do you know what, actually, having a bit of a bad day here, I need to share this information with you. I need to communicate better. Mm. And it's very, very strange that in the military, you do it autom autonomously because that's just how you are. You go, ah. Oh, Guys, I had this really bad dream last night, nightmare. And they go, oh, I've had that before, or, you know. And you, you sort of, a problem shared is a problem halved. You've heard that terminology, right? Yes, yes. And, and that becomes even bigger because you've got your, your uh, brother and sisterhood around you, you know. So you've got military personnel who are going through the same thing, who all share the same sort of mindset. And then when you're a civilian, so... For me to talk to say to say you guys, I could explain something to you or talk to you about an operation I went on that was pretty hardcore, and you guys would go, well, "That's just unbelievable," and that's the only reaction you'd really be able to have, because you, ha and it's this commonality that you sort of have in the military that you lose, and then you become quite bored and you become unsettled, and and it's very hard for you sort of to hold down a job because the monotony of that job, and it becomes and there's all sorts of problems. The signposting, you absolutely nailed it on the head, is the most important thing here. And for me personally, because I'd gone off and just done my own thing, I missed all of that. There was things in place, but I, they weren't as great as they are now. And there are people working on some absolutely magical things right now, which are going to help people even more. Like now you can get a proper education. They, all, they always said to me that all the skills and drills I'd learned in the military would be transferable skills. 
But all my qualifications were nullified, really, apart from my driving licences, you know. Who wants, who wants somebody who can shoot someone from 1,500 metres? It's not really <laughs> a, a desired... Yeah. It's not really a desired, you know, skill set as a as a civilian. So there's lots of things that went on like that that just didn't really fit into the what was required. Um, yeah, so the transition was difficult for a lot of people, and a lot of people don't have the privilege of of, of sort of working this out quite quickly, and they struggle with that transition, um, and they lose that. I keep calling. I'm referring it to as a brotherhood, but it's actually it's the they lose that family. And it would, it would literally be like me taking one of you and just taking you out of your family and putting you somewhere else and just saying, right, that's it, you're, you're not part of that family anymore. Yeah, it, I was going to say... That's the only way I can really explain it to you. Th- yeah, like almost... I mean, correct me if it, I'm, I'm wrong, does it feel like almost like a bit of a loss or, um, to use the word, maybe bereavement or something like that? 100%. 100%, that's absolutely right, yeah. It is, it is literally like... <sighs> It is literally like you've lost your family, and and if the only way I could really put it to you, if you go back to being a child when you're in a supermarket and you got lost, and you feel like your world has ended, right? Indeed. You 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 just think that's it. You're you're on your own. That's it. And that's that emotion is the same one that veterans or you know people transitioning go through as well. It's just this crazy, crazy period where they go through this horrendous transition. yeah, so it's really tough for those guys, and 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 a lot of those people now. I I spend a lot of my time now trying to help people through that transition and trying to coach people into understanding that there are networks out there for people, and there's some great people doing some amazing things, setting up veterans hubs and setting up. You know, as as our communal friend Wayne has done, he set up veteran breakfasts where people, even if it's once a month, get to have that unity again. They get to be put back in with the family and talk about stuff and open up and just share the jokes and the laughter that they miss. And it becomes something to look forward to, which is what the human psyche needs, right? So the human psyche, we have to look forward to things. That's the biggest thing that this current climate has taken away from us. And and the reason it's been so unsettling is because we didn't know what we were to look forward to. Holidays were cancelled. People rely on their holidays because that's their getaway from all the hard work that they do. And if you haven't got that to look forward to, what do you look forward to? So that's it's a fundamental thing that veterans get taken away from them is exactly that they lose that forward momentum and that thing to look forward to but if you give them that in the shape or form of like a monthly event they'll thrive again mm. makes so, so much sense yeah yeah it makes it's, so much sense just it's your crazy, analogy there you completely got me with um sort of being a child lost in the supermarket because oh my goodness i'm sure that has happened to everybody and those I can still honestly remember all those crazy emotions that you feel when that happens to you um and as well you're most probably quite young and you don't know how to handle them and then when you end up do being reunited with your parent or adult just the wave of emotion of just anger and relief and tears and just everything Absolutely. Yes, but so for you to say that, um, to me to use that analogy would perhaps gives me a little bit of insight, yeah, on, on, on what it's like. Absolutely. And it's a very clear cut thing that, you know, and even if you can't, you haven't been there or you've never been through that, you can still kind of imagine what it would be like, right? So that just you're in an environment that you're not used to, you're, you're 
you're lost, you know, and, and you, you become this, this lost person and you're scared because there's bigger people around you that you're not used to being around that don't understand you because you're very young and that's, you know, the other shoppers or whatever or whatever it is, wherever it is you get lost and you're told that everyone's um, an enemy, <laughs> you know, you're taught that <laughs> as a soldier. So you're looking around going, oh my gosh, these people are out to get me and where's, where's mummy, where's daddy, where's, you know, where's the people that are meant to be taking care of me? And mm. it's it's a really hard concept for people to sort of get their head around. But you can get forward. You can move forward with it. You can. There are absolutely incredible people doing incredible things out there and amazing support networks. There are also people out there as well who are who who thrive off it though. Um, so as much as I talk about positive stuff, there are some negative things as well. So there are people who thrive off it. And I have a real issue with, with people who think they deserve something. So the two things that I, I, don't, I don't really abide is people who fake injuries. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I know it's really bad and we shouldn't talk like that. But I, I know people who have suggested that they've suffered with post-traumatic stress and categorically they haven't and they say that they've got injuries they haven't um and yet they still thrive off that and and they're all about take 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 does that make sense so they're all about what what's in it for me what's in it for me you know and they they feel like that because they feel like they've served so they deserve and and they try and take they try and manipulate the system if that makes sense by by thinking that they're owed something and uh, and look i'm not saying that I can categorically say that everybody has or hasn't got a mental health issue because they're hidden, right? They are hidden, and we, do, we know that for certain. Um, and, you know, and actually people suffer in silence and are afraid to come forward. But there are people that are, uh, are veterans who play up on this. And uh, so many people are scared to actually to say what I'm saying right now, that, that, you know, they're scared to tread on people's toes. It's become so PC that, you know, if somebody mentions the word post-traumatic stress then people can go, oh, my God, like, that's scary. That's something we don't want to deal with. But actually, what we want to be doing is we want to celebrate people coming forward with these things and so they can go to the centres because there's fantastic, fantastic people out there doing incredible things to help people deal with this and move forwards. But the people who are talking about these things, you know, and saying there's a lot of veterans out there saying, oh, well, I've I've got got PTSD and, uh, you know, and I've got all these battle injuries and stuff are the people that get offered the help and then never go for it. And they're the constant source of getting, oh, no, I know that's not for me. It wasn't work. But actually the people who suffer are the people who need this treatment. And we just kind of, I need to, I need people to start, and I want the community to understand that the help's there and they should take it. And the more people we can take it, the more people will start to feel like they are part of the community again. But so how do so people many... find that help? Uh, online. You know, you can go to a GP, you can go to a doctor, you can speak to other people. There is so many groups there at the moment online as well. So there's currently, I'm part of about five different groups on, on Facebook alone. So there's a really good one at the moment. It's called Op, Op Spartan, um, which is a phenomenal group of just loads of like-minded people coming together. And if you're having a bad day, you just say, look, I'm having a bad day. And I know that's really hard for people to do. Um, and that's why I'm saying that, Earlier on, I suggested that people need to get comfortable with, you know, being emotional and and, and actually being vulnerable because it's key 
to recovery is appreciating that firstly you need to be vulnerable you need to be accept that you don't have to put up your wall all the time and people are here to help you and the moment that you can sort of deflate your balloon almost you know you kind of the reason i say deflate a balloon is because when a balloon is deflated it kind of goes you know it lets out that breath of air and and that's what so many people will need to do is they need to just stop holding on to the 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 air in of the balloon so tightly and just let go and just accept you know just be able to and i know it's difficult because hey you know i sat on a flipping i sat up i sat up on a on a wall one night, on a on a bridge, sorry. And I know it's difficult, and I've been there, and I'm very lucky. But I will always be the person that goes, "Come on, guys, let's let's talk about this. Let's, you know, if I'm if I'm crazy enough with a mohawk and weighing 19 stone, and I can talk about how emotionally, you know, I cried at Peach Dragon the film. I'm sure <laughs> that you know, I'm sure that you know we can we can talk about this between us. And and what people need to realise as well is it doesn't mean that if you're if, if you're saying I've got a, I've got an issue. It doesn't mean to say that you're any weaker, any lesser of a person. It doesn't mean any, any of those things. What it means is that you are starting to adapt. You're starting to take control, and that's a that's one of the most positive steps in the world. Um, to find these people online, there is there is 101 different charities now. There are people doing incredible things with um, CBT therapy. There are psychotherapists going on board. There is so much help out there it's almost like you turn a corner it's there if you if you're a veteran and you speak to your old unit which is really powerful your old unit has departments now dedicated to push pointing you in the right right direction and signposting you and 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 helping you in your road to recovery um and it is a road to recovery you know i'm not sure how long everybody's road is but it is a road and it's a journey that we all need to to go on and you know and actually just taking that first step is 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 massive and reaching out um, and understand that people care. People mm. do care. One that was pointed out to us on Facebook was All Call Signs. Absolutely. Great, great organisation run by a friend of mine. Actually, the friend who run has just left to go and do other things with mental health. Um, but All Call Signs is great. What they do is they, if a, a veteran goes missing, um, then they put out a beacon um, and then everybody who's on part of that can... can you know, be on board with trying to look out for these people and trying to find them so they can get back to their loved ones and get the help and care that they require. Um, there is care after combat. There is um, rock to recovery. There is, um, oh, crikey. I mean, there is hundreds and hundreds. But always what's really helpful is speaking to friends and family. Speak to people. If you're still in touch with any of your oppos or any of your friends you served with, speak to them. Just say, you know what? You don't know anybody that can sort of help with something, do you? Or like mindset. Because what happens is that the problem can escalate. You know, like financially, if you don't get don't get a grip of it, it can, it can escalate. And there are people out there willing to help and want to help, you know. Mindset-wise, motivation-wise, financially, you know, there are, there are great organisations. There's a wonderful website now for, you know, the veteran community is really starting to come together. And there's this wonderful website called Veteran Owned UK. And it's all veteran businesses. Anybody who works in a business that's veteran can put their business on there for free and it's like a yellow pages of veteran businesses veteran owned uk and it is fabulous um and i'm a big advocate of that because i think that's really powerful for guys to and it, and it puts you in board in a community on social media as well and you can be part of a community of like-minded people and it's 
it's really powerful how just being in a community like that is so empowering. It doesn't matter if you haven't got a business, you can still join the community if you're thinking about a business or whatever. And, and if you support veterans, you can be part of the community. If you support military, you can be part of the community. It's a wonderful thing. That um, is awesome, yeah. It is, it is, it really is. And there's so much business help and mindset help and I've got a lot of help out of there myself and I, I try and give a lot of help in there as well. And, um, you know, from my experience with business, I just feel like there's some really, people shouldn't suffer on their own, you know. They shouldn't, they shouldn't, know. if anybody wants to contact me, please reach out to me on social media and I'm, I'm more than happy, Romeo Delta Media, more than happy to signpost you, I'm happy to have a chat with you, I'm always happy, you know, you guys are signposting yourselves by the fact that you're showing people can um, be, be more open to the idea of help and be more open to the idea of support and the network that's available to them just through talking. It's, it's an incredible, incredible thing. Um, one of the techniques, actually, so when I, when I, after I kind of refound myself, I set up a coffee company. Um, I grew it to be a national coffee company, it was, and then it went international. It was incredible. Wow. And one, of the, one of the things I developed was um, coffee and conversation. Um, and this was, this was aimed at blokes, actually, mainly, because one thing I recognised with, with coffee shops and things was that ladies, you are incredible conversationists. Incredible. We are. I have to just say, I completely agree with you, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. And what you would do is, if you're having an issue, you invite your girls round, or you go for a coffee, or you. And I invented this thing called coffee and conversation. And what it was was that, if you thought you were struggling but didn't know how to approach someone, say to somebody, "Do you fancy going for a coffee?" Because it openly, what do you do when you've got a pro in front of you? you? You talk to people. You open up. You. It's a great conversation starter. And, and the first thing, like what we did when we started talking was, hey, how are you? You instantly respond with, hey, I'm really good. How are you? You know, or you go, do you know what? Actually, I'm not great. And it sets the precedent for the conversation that comes. So we started this thing called Coffee and Conversation. And now it's gone, it's gone into loads of people. Loads of people do it now. And it, it's just, I, I feel really privileged to think that that was an idea of mine. But it's a really good way. If you're wondering how you can approach someone to talk to them, or you're wondering if... You don't really understand how you're going to have a conversation with someone. But it doesn't stop because the shops have stopped, if that makes sense. Yeah. You can still go, oh, do you fancy a quick like, FaceTime and have a coffee? There's no, there's no stopping that, you know? That's a great idea, actually. Or yeah. pick up the phone and we'll have a coffee and we'll just have a chat and just yeah. have some, you know, and shoot, shoot. I was going to swear, I apologise, but shoot. No, no. no. <laughs> swear. We do. <laughs> but it's a really good concept, isn't it, that... You can just quite simply talk to each other and, and be expressive with each other, and there's no hardship in that whatsoever. It's just you net you let the conversation naturally flow, and it will always progress to what you want to talk about. There'll always be an opportunity. It's it's just so easy, and it was it was it became the core value of the company, which was quite amazing. Was coffee and conversation? Um, yeah, crikey. <laughs> That seems like a, a, a lifetime ago. The one thing I really admire about about you say self Rob and just to just to put context to this is you've had this amazing and uh, how do I put it? Because amazing sounds like the wrong word, but you've had this this eclectic life, mm. and listening to you speak. 
you're so positive in the way that you articulate your words and you've got this exuberance around you which is infectious just so passionate so passionate and i'm smiling and i'm and i'm i very rarely shut up so <laughs> and, and i'm listening to you and there's no part of me wants to interrupt or to talk know, or to we're do nodding this. away one, one thing i'm very bad at when we record these podcasts is interrupting people so i've been making a concerted effort someone said every time you want to speak just sort of squeeze your cheeks together and nod and honestly i am sat here like the churchill dog i am just <laughs> nodding constantly to stop myself from interrupting and speaking oh dear that's brilliant <laughs> Yeah, I just I just put a lot of emotion into what I do. I, I'm very passionate about what I do, you know. And what is emotion? It's energy and motion, and I'm full of both of them. You know, I'm, I'm full of energy, and I'm I'm constantly heading forwards. No matter what happens to me, where I go in life, I'm constantly moving forwards. You know, I'm just full of. I, I just I've got a gift, and I want to give it. You know, and, and there's, you know, I've just I'm going through a 30 day challenge at the moment of de- delivering 30 days of motivation every single day for 30 days. Do a video on YouTube of just delivering motivation and trying to inspire people that they can be so much more than they really give themselves credit for. Um, and, and I truly believe that we we lose this childlike mannerism that you know. <laughs> So my, I would have ruined my today's YouTube video. However, you'll see it on there. But today's YouTube video is all about being a child. Act more like a child. Because as a child, we, 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 we get lost as an adult because we get sort of filtered in by everything around us that tells us how we should be, what we should dress like, what we should look like, what we should eat, when we should sleep, how we should act, what we shouldn't do. But as a child, you don't do any of that. You're full of this energy and you're full of this wanton learning. You put a child in a cardboard box, it's, it's on a motorboat, it's in a car, <laughs> it's, it's in a castle. You know, where, where does that go? Why, do, why as adults do we lose that? You know, you ask a kid what he wants to put on for in the morning it wants wellingtons a tutu and a flipping flat cap you know there's no and why can't we do that as adults where does this self-shaming come in you know it's this this passion of of me wanting to bring that kid out in every single person because a kid gets enthusiastic about things you know you go on a journey and let's say Let's say if, if you were speaking to a five-year-old and you, you said, oh, I've got to go to work, you know, I've got to go to work. And you kind of go, oh, whatever. What would a child do? A child would be like, work? That's amazing. I'm so excited. Let's go. Let's go and get amongst it. I get to see people. I get to do things. And that sort of... So true boisterous energy that comes through children yeah there is nothing jake likes more than going to work with you when he gets the chance to go to work with you sal he's just on cloud nine isn't he yeah he absolutely loves it (laughs) are we still there guys i've kind of lost my connection oh i know we saw you yes you are you're there hello rob can you hear us we've lost you rob Hello. Oh, oh hey, he's back! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> oh no, he's dropped. Oh, no. oh. Hey, you're back. Yes, I don't know what happened. I apologies. Oh, I got no. so excited. I just, I've, I've exploded the stereo. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no. That's How about that, that? That, that? That's absolutely fine. I think we'll, we'll, we, we can pick you back up. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so you mentioned thirty days of motivation. Absolutely. 
what was that about and what's the concept and what drive drove so, you to uh, put that in place so one of the things i like doing as you've quite gathered is i like talking i like building passion i like motor i like motivating people i like I, I hate to see people who are not all they can be and i want everybody to be all they can be i want everybody to be the superstar that the potential that they've got inside of them um and due to one circumstance or another um we um ended up i ended up with our job i ended up in this position i've never been sad about it because that's not how i operate you know that's not as you can tell i'm a pretty pretty outgoing positive guy at all times i'm like the duracell bunny bunny you know had another duracell battery put in it and it's times two i'm i'm literally like this all the time and i got to a point where i was i was running social media for people and and there was no real i i like to think of things um as an organic growth so i was running social media for people i was doing social media and I could see that people didn't really have energy. And the more I was witnessing how much COVID was doing to people and what it was, what it was actually creating for people and the mindsets that people were getting, I thought, I've got to do something about this. And, you know, and I was sat behind a desk of a computer every single day, just kind of working away, trying to build something, trying to recover what we'd lost. And I thought, I need to put a challenge because a challenge is what inspires us, right? If you challenge yourself, it builds robustness, it builds mental dexterity, it makes you become imaginative, it makes you, it brings out the child in you because you've got to be creative, right? So I thought, what's what challenge can I do? What do I love doing? What I've stopped doing? And that was motivating people and making videos. So I set out on this 30 day challenge of making videos. And there were a couple of non negotiables in this is that. Non-negotiable A is that um, I would only do it Monday to Friday. And I know that sounds bad, but my non-negotiable is that I will not sacrifice time with my family. My family, I just will not do it. It's, that's a non-negotiable in any situation. And the second non-negotiable was that I was going to do it. <laughs> no matter what the challenge was that i have to do it i have to make these videos every single day and they're not polished they're not great they're just videos that could hopefully inspire people and you know i just wanted to challenge myself as well because i wanted to bring that person back out in myself that excitable fun person and by doing that you know i'm at day 26 i think today and i've created this incredible network I've had people reach to me and say, oh, my life, that video you wrote today, that video you put out today was made for me. Was, it spoke to me in such a way that I know that the path I'm on right now is the path I'm meant to be on because you, it was just timed so, so well. That's amazing. And, and it's incredible, right? So something I learned recently, which I find so powerful, is that if you had two, you know what a tuning fork is that, you know, you bang it and it vibrates, right? Yeah. It makes a noise mm -hmm. in any, in, for, 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 for non-musicians like myself, that's um, a, a description that, <laughs> as good as it gets. <laughs> I think that However, pretty much sums it you, up, to be honest. <laughs> if you put a tuning fork that's not banged next to one that's banging, the non-vibrating tuning fork starts to vibrate at the same frequency as the fork that you've banged. Is that and true? It's, it's a phenomenon. It's just this incredible thing. I'm going to have to buy like... some off Amazon just to try that out. Honestly. <laughs> do it. Do I know, it. I'm sure I know a YouTube little video. things like that blow me away. I, love it. <laughs> <laughs> I do love these like natural, nat natural phenomena. But, yeah. but the more I looked into it, I realised that everything in the world vibrates, right? So everything has a frequency. So even yeah. the smallest of tiniest of atoms is vibrating at some level. Everything around you is vibrating. 
So effectively, if I'm vibrating at this incredible frequency where I'm just inspiring people and you know I'm just full of energy, then surely my gift is that I should give some of that to other people, right? I should be the person who vibrates enough that the people who aren't vibrating can pick up off my energy. I'm giving that frequency to other people. That's my gift, and that's what I want to give to the world. And I've made, a, I've made another challenge which will follow this challenge, and that's that I want to speak in front of 20,000 people and inspire a, a, a stadium of 20,000 people and deliver the best motivational speech the world's ever seen. And I'm all about dreaming big, right? So why wouldn't I set myself a, a target? I'll tell you what, that is such a beautiful thing. Isn't it amazing, right? Yeah. And I'm going to say something. We're we're currently organising a uh, music festival for mental health. Wow. And we're looking at uh, venues, potentially um, Sinselbank as a a stadium, but that's well in, you know, we're still in very early days in terms Mm. of negotiation. Mm. I think we would love you to do a speech at that. 100%. Oh, amazing. I'd love that. There you go. Dreams come true if you just work hard enough, guys. There's two things I say, and that's firstly, hard work works. If, if you put the effort in, it doesn't. Work. People say, "Oh yeah, but there's a point comes where you just give up." No, never give up. Never ever give up on your dreams. If they're your dreams, they're your dreams. The only reason that people tell you to give up is because they're not their dreams. They see their dreams their way. They don't see your dreams your way. You're the one that's dreaming it, and you envision it in your head as, as your dream. And if you keep pushing, you'll go there. And there's never a right or wrong time to start. Mm. So if you just get going, just put the effort in and, and really work at it. And if you have a passion and dream, don't be stubborn enough to think that there's people out there that can't help you and, and guide you on your path. I mean, success leaves clues, right? So there's people out there that are doing really well in life, but they've taken their path. And you will find that there'll be difficulties on your path that are different to the ones that they've had. And that's why people don't continue with self-help books, right? Because they get to a point in a self-help book where they go, oh, do you know what? Actually, this isn't working for me. Like, if you picked up a book that said how to get £10 million in your bank account in three years, you go, oh, that's amazing. But the first hurdle you got to, you go, whatever, this isn't working. And you put that book down, right? Because it doesn't, it doesn't fit into your journey but if you carried on with the mythologies if you learned how to fail again and you appreciated failing as being part of the journey and actually started to learn from that then you start to grow you start to become this thing and as I say I want I always set challenges that are are, are huge because what was do you know what I'm going to quote this wrong and I apologize but it's if you aim for the stars and reach the moon you're you're halfway there or something there's a there's a, a wonderful saying somewhere along those lines that I don't mind if I don't hit my... I don't very often hit my targets, to be honest with you, but I'm a hell of a lot further forward than if I didn't get to... You know, than if I didn't actually set a target that was so great. But if I set little targets, then great, I'll probably get those little targets and I hit them. But if I set great, massive targets, then I'll make it halfway every single time. And that halfway is a lot further than if I set a little target. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully that makes sense. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, what's the name of your YouTube channel, Rob? Um, the Mindset Peacock. The Mindset Peacock. Excellent. Yeah. We'll put a link to that <laughs> in our, um, on our website because oh, bless you. everyone needs to go and check out your videos, honestly. Oh, thank you. That's so kind of you. The reason it's Peacock as well is because um, there was a, <laughs> there's a book by a guy called Neil Strauss um, and it's called Peacocking, right? And it's all about how 
the human the human male sits in a bar and wears fancy clothes and he draws attention by the way he looks and the peacock does that and i feel like we can adapt that to our brains that i'm not saying it's just a male bravado thing that you know i want to track all the mates but actually what i want people to do is i want people to have the same mindset as me so to do that i've got to fluff my feathers as big as i can get them i've got to shout louder than everybody else i've got to make myself heard i've got to do the little peacock dance from time to time because that's the (laughs) thing that people are going to pay attention to right and i don't want them mate i've got the most beautiful wife in the world and i love her with all of my heart and i'm so privileged to have my best friend as my my flipping partner but what i want is i want people to follow me on the journey i want that kind of mate i want people to come on this path with me of just feeling great every morning you know I wake up every morning now and I'm like today's going to be a great day today's going to be phenomenal and my look forward to today was to come and speak to you guys and just be I've been excited about this all day it's just because it's just something else isn't it it's just another step on the path to greatness it's another challenge it's another exciting thing to do and if we if we open ourselves up the world is full of opportunities we just sometimes put those horse blinkers on that means that we don't see them do do you know what i think you should do just when you said when you wake up in the morning and you're just so uber positive and you you think about all these things you need to have a little app so and it's all these more or or you know um like an alarm that goes off to your voice every morning to wake people (laughs) up or a little that um little app that gives you these morning motivational it is infectious yeah absolutely a hundred percent i'm vibrating guys that's all it is i'm vibrating and you're picking up on those motivational quotes you know and in the morning i'll sort of look at one or i'll read one some of them do nothing, but some of them just, I just, it really does. You know, like, yeah, come on. I'm making the coffee like a complete. No, I wasn't going to say that. I love it. Like a child. It's like a child, right? So you're getting that enthusiasm like a child gets about your day. Mm. And that's the thing that we, we miss. And the thing that we get lost in is that we become so grown up. And we become so focused on the things that society tells us we, that we should focus on. And, you know, I'm very, as I say, I'm very privileged that I've seen the most horrendous things that you could even imagine happen to people and to children. And, and part of my struggle is dealing with what I've seen happen to children abroad. And, you know, I really do struggle with that horrendous unkindness. But... <laughs> In the same sentence, it's the thing that makes me love so much. It's the thing that makes me so so driven and so passionate and so wanting to give and, and having this growth mindset that I have where I'm, I'm open to everything, you know, and, and, and I love everybody equally. There is no... And I love, th- I love this, and this is something that I said the other day that I learned on a film and I just wanted to adapt it because I think it's beautiful, but I don't think we should be in a human race, right? Because there's no race, there's not a race in any way, shape or form. We're people kind, and that's what we should be. We should be kind to people. The human race is just an unbelievably horrendous terminology. I hate it. We're all equal. We're all here. We all have, we all have different lives, and we all have you know, the same opportunities if we choose to have them. It doesn't matter if you're born in the slums of, or favelas of, of some horrendous country. There are people that still make it out. There are people that still do great things. You know, I met a young girl in Afghanistan who was fighting for women's rights because that's what she believed in and she gave it so much passion 
that it was just this most incredible and beautiful thing to witness that she was just a young girl of, I think she was maybe 14, 15 at the time, but she was, the, she was so vocal about what she wanted to do that she was untouchable because the uproar would have been horrendous, you know, and, and, and she was just an inspiration. And I've seen these things and I've witnessed these things and I, I just, I feel like we all have a gift. We all have, a, everybody has greatness in them. Everybody's so amazing at something that they should share their gifts with the world. There is a, a wonderful opportunity that we have, which is modern technology, and when used correctly and not abused for the horrendous reasons that it can get abused with, we can be these wonderful people. And I'm nothing special, guys. Crikey, I'm nothing special. I've just made a choice, and I've made a choice that I will be a speaking, you know, I will be a megaphone for people to listen to, to hopefully get some inspiration to go on to be better than me. And there will be people better than me. There'll be people a hundred times better at speaking than me. There'll be people out there who are incredible, incredible humans, but they just need somebody just to go, you can do this. You are amazing. You are fabulous. You are so much more than you give yourself credit for. And I think I want to be the person that shows people that. I'm just a council estate boy from Nottingham. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're about to see Nottingham. <laughs> well, I was, <laughs> I was born on the outskirts of a more Nottinghamshire, shall we say? Um, so I was I was born in a little village called Farnsfield, uh, beautiful little village actually. But we were, you know, I was on the council estate in that village, and I was very privileged to be brought up there with, you know, my mum worked her ass off. Um, she she provided for me, my sister and my brother, and she did so well. That's not to say my dad didn't, you know, he wasn't on the scene, he was, it just they worked together, and I had the most incredible upbringing. Um, I didn't react to it so well then, and I've not always been a saint. I'm not going to lie about it. I was a, uh, hence why I joined the military. <laughs> but, <laughs> I barely but, smell uh, Farnsfield's posh compared to... Compared to you. Oh, Sal <laughs> likes to, yeah, win, win this one with yeah. everyone. Ooh. <laughs> Yeah. Well, whenever Potter, I say lie. anything, he was. Oh, you can't relate. You've no idea. You grew up in Blackheath. So, oh, did you? I did. Yes. It was yeah. lovely. Also. So no, maybe I can't relate. But um, no, no, no. That, I think that's okay. That's you, know, you did go to private school and stuff, and I went to comp. But you can't punish me for that. But I, 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 know, I never tried to punish you. <laughs> well, sometimes you hold it against. Me. Only you know when what? it works to my advantage in a not in a, <laughs> in in a family argument. argument. Yeah. <laughs> we all have we all have different paths to get us where we are today. <laughs> you know what? It's incredible, and, and we've all. We, <laughs> I love it. I just, I just think that the the, the the sort of thing for me is that you will never find success in something you don't do. Absolutely, hundred percent true. So Romeo, Delta Media. Yep. What's the future hold? What are you doing? How do people get hold of you? So, yeah, um, I'm everywhere. Um, I'm, like a, I'm like a bad smell. I'm everywhere. Um, I, I hang out a lot on Facebook. Um, I'm on Instagram. I'm, I'm on YouTube. Um, you know, we've got uh, an email, which is team at romeodeltamedia.co.uk. Oh, dot com, sorry, dot com. I beg your pardon. Don't get that wrong. Um, I'm on Clubhouse, the new app, quite a um, at Romeo Delta, I've just, I, I just want to celebrate people, um, and 
you know, I'm on I'm online as the the mindset peacock on YouTube as well. Um, but you know, if people want to get in touch with you, you've got my contact details. Feel free to pass anybody my way. Um, and I I genuinely just want to spread the word of people are awesome. And yeah. I will join on that bandwagon. Absolutely. People are awesome. They really are, you know. 100%. At any age as well. You know, there's so many people like, you can look at, um, so look at the amazing uh, Captain Tom who did what he did at such an old age. You know, that is just an incredible feat that this guy achieved to raise so much money for the NHS and the charities and things. And, you know, it doesn't matter when you start, you just need to start. And I keep hearing people say this recently, and it's, oh, I'm, I can't do that, I'm too old. Meh, I'm not, I'm not being funny, you're not. <laughs> you know, Colonel Sanders was 60 plus years old. He, he lost everything, absolutely everything. And he is one of my idols, not because I love KFC, but I do, I'm not going to lie about it, it's great. Um, and I Finger looking good. Oh, mate! I learned how the gravy was made the other day, and I tell you what, it just made it even more appealing. Oh no! Did I saw that? If it was the same thing, I also have learned how the gravy is made. I wish no, I didn't, but I've still eaten it since. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. So I'm a. He's an inspiration for me because 100. That is a guy who he had his own restaurant. Um, he, he built that up from nothing. It, then they put a freeway through it, so he lost everything. What he did have was a, a reason why. And Simon Sinek, the great speaker, he, he talks about having a reason why. Yep. If you haven't heard of Simon Sinek, check him out. He, he, what a guy. No, you but he like talks about if you're wise, you? strong yeah, enough, you'll find He's one of my favourites. Yeah, he's just an incredible guy, right? So Colonel Sanders, he had a why, right? So he had motivation because he needed to make money the money he had from the the freeway going through his restaurant wasn't enough to, to provide for his family he's an older guy but he's got a recipe and a car he drove around all of the states with this idea that he could franchise his recipe to a restaurant where all they'd have to do is pay him one cent of every single sale which at the time was you know it was probably a, a um, 10 pence or something, I don't know the equivalent, but it was, he got told no over a thousand times before he got a yes, before the one person. But he never gave up, right? And could you imagine how many people now give up at the first no? Yeah. So many people go, oh, that's not going to work then, is it? Or maybe 10 no's. You kind of go, oh, crikey, this is starting to put limiting belief in my mind. Or a hundred. But over a thousand times this guy got told no. And now look at him. He's got one of the biggest restaurant chains in the world. It is simply incredible. And I just, I find that such a motivating story that if, if he can do that at his age, because he had a passion, then actually I can do it at my age where, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a year of 40. And I'm thinking to myself, absolutely I can. <laughs> you know, I've still got 26 years before I even hit that sort of stage. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here to take over. And I'm going. I'm going. I'm literally going to spread this word to to every single person in the world that they are amazing. They can achieve whatever they want to. There is no time like the present to get started. Just find out why you want to do it. I think Simple. that's such a such a powerful thing. Is is the why? Mm. And I think Rob, it's been an 
absolute pleasure having you on and there is definitely a part two and maybe a part three of this conversation <laughs> there is so much more i want to ask you and i want the uh, the listeners to uh, hear about your experiences your view and opinions on uh, everything you are an absolute inspiration to all of us and thank you so much for being on this podcast you know what? The pleasure has absolutely been mine. And I genuinely thank you for allowing me the time and effort that it's, you know, it's taken you guys to, to, to give this opportunity to me. Um, I appreciate you both for what you do. You are incredible people and you are finding your vision and goal because what you're doing is incredible. You're an inspiration. Keep doing what you're doing. And to everybody else, just keep, just keep going. You are amazing. Massive thanks to Rob there for all his insights today. A big thanks to Lucy and remember to subscribe. We're a brand with a mission to try and make a difference. What if we can build this brand so powerful it can change emotion, take someone from a dark place to one less so? Please check out bigmanbeard.com. Go to the community page. There are loads and loads of support organisations, some great podcasts to listen around mental health, some uh, advice and support on finances. There's our Big Man Beard gallery with all you wonderful people who've purchased clothing from us and so much more. Check it out. Love you all. Peace out.